morning, everybody. Everybody having a good morning? Yeah, like Justin said, it's been a little stressful, okay? So to all the kiddos in here, I'm sorry that you have to listen to me. Because I know my wife is a whole lot. Glad that everybody's here. Hey, can you turn on the, these lights that are back, just back here? The one, it's probably that last switch. <clears throat> okay, so, you know, we've been in this series. This, we're in our third week of this wildfire series where we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, right? And how the Holy Spirit is like a rushing mighty wind. It, it comes and consumes us. It comes and dwells in us and makes us who we need to be. And what we've said from the beginning, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down this morning, is what we've said in a sh- one little short sentence is this, is that we believe, we're believing that the Holy Spirit, we're believing the Holy Spirit for the impossible. We are believing the Holy Spirit for the impossible. Because Christ went to be with the Father, it has allowed the outpouring of this Spirit to come not only upon us, but in us. It's allowed the outpouring of the Spirit in this age in which we live. And it has changed the relationship between us and God forever. It has changed the relationship between us and God forever. See, our friend John wrote, uh, recorded Jesus' words when he said this in John chapter 14. He says, I'm telling you these, this is Jesus talking. And remember, if I, remember when we say this, remember the last couple weeks what we've done. If it's highlighted in red, I want you to read it with me, okay? Y'all with me on that? Okay. So in 25 here. I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving, with, with, leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. Isn't that something to rejoice about? And that's something that we can celebrate, that we know we have a king who's coming back for us, but in the meantime, we have an advocate who's on our side. Like you, right now, the Holy Spirit is, is pleading to God on your behalf. But I'll come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be, be happy that I am going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before. They happen, they happen so, that when they do, so that when they do happen, you will believe. See, our relationship with the Holy Spirit, this advocate on our behalf, what Jesus is saying is, I, like, I must go so that the Father can release this power, because for as long as I'm here on this earth, he can't come. So this is a good thing that Jesus is leaving. It's a great thing that Jesus is leaving earth, leaving his ministry, because now we, not, we get this, this spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the Godhead, living within us. So much so that earlier, a couple of verses earlier than what we've read, in John 14, 6, John wrote, wrote this. He says this, that Jesus, quoting Jesus, he said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He will never leave you. We have a direct connection between us and the Father always. Always. So what this means that no longer can the law be used as a means of exclusion from the Father nor oppression. You're like, Derek, what does that even mean? That means the law has no bind on you anymore. You're not controlled by the law anymore. 
because Christ's earthly ministry and the rushing in of the Holy Spirit like a wildfire, the captives can be set free. Sight can be given to our blindness. It's good news to the poor. It's, the, it's this new law of life. It's new law of life. It's written on man's heart instead of stone tablets. This law of life's living within you right now. Something new, fresh, and powerful. New, fresh, and, and powerful. And it's, and it's God breathing into us through the Holy Spirit to you and me this idea of freedom. You are set free this morning. You're not bound anymore. But it's not a freedom to do what we want to, but a freedom to do what is right, holy, and, and righteous. Sometimes we take freedom for granted, don't we? It's a freedom to be controlled by a different power than what controlled us before. But let, let's be a little bit honest, and this is the title of my sermon this morning. All of us in here are a little bit of a control freak. Wouldn't you agree? A control freak. We think, we think our way is always better instead of God's way, so we try, to be, we try to be in control instead of allowing the Holy Spirit's power to guide us and direct us. Have you ever felt that way? Like you felt like maybe like if I just take control of this, my life would be amazing. Like if I could take control of this, I would make sure it was going right. Like, like this morning, here I am feeling like I'm out of control because of events that I couldn't really help this morning. You get what I'm saying? Because I'm, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I want things to be this way every time, and I think that if, if, if they're not this way, then it's a colossal failure. But see, I'm wondering if maybe for some of us is that we just need to lose control. See, our, our friend Paul, everybody know who Paul is? He wrote the majority of the New Testament. He wrote this letter to the, the church at Rome because there was all kinds of craziness going on. And, and what Paul wanted, Paul wanted to make sure the, this church in Roman knew, Romans, the, the book of Romans was written true. They, he wanted to make sure they knew the basic doctrine, the fundamental effects of the gospel of Jesus Christ and really how that looks in believers' lives. So with that being said, Let's look at what Paul writes to the church at Rome about control. Verse 1, chapter 8. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. We need to stop there, right? There's no condemnation for you as believers anymore. Like this reminds me of, you know, most people know John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, so whoever believes in him. You know, everybody knows that verse, right? Okay, but most people don't know 317 where it says that Jesus that Jesus was not sent into the world to condemn the world but that the, through the, through him the world could be saved like he's not here to condemn us he's here to set us free but he goes on in verse 2 to say and because you belong to him the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death and because you belong to him the power of power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. 
And here's what, here's what these first two verses of this chapter tells us. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. That through the Holy Spirit, the chain of sin no longer binds me. Write that, I want you to write that down. The chain of sin no longer binds me. You are free from your past. You're free from your addiction. You're free from your immorality. You're free from all that. If you're in Christ and the Holy Spirit's living in you, because if you're in Christ, we know, we said, the Holy Spirit's automatically in us. It's there. You're not bound by the, the, sin, the sin in your life. The Holy Spirit is in you. You're free from, and here's the thing, you're even free from yourself. You're free from yourself. See, oftentimes we say, well, you wouldn't believe what the enemy made me do today. You would not believe what the devil made me do today. No, it's just your own stupidity. Like you chose to do that. He, the Spirit sets you free from you. The Spirit sets you free from you. And listen to this next part, Romans 3, 8, 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. A man after God's own heart. When David wrote, because we were like, well, I'm, not, I'm a good person, though. You're not, because even David, the man after God's own heart, says that he was born in iniquity. He was born into sin. It's your nature. It's, about, it's why your brain automatically goes to the negative instead of always the positive. Right? Like when a situation rises up, like even this morning with me, when a situation rises, don't you always think the negative? You think of the worst scenario possible instead of gaining, you know what, I'm going to believe the best. I'm going to believe in the best. Oh, he hadn't got home yet. He hadn't called me. He's probably, he's probably cheating on me. No, just hold on a minute. Maybe he's just having car issues or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We always go to the worst thing possible. But here's what you need to know. That no matter how much you try to control this situation you're in, the sin that's in your life, no matter how you try to control it, you can never make it right or get out, or get out of it yourself. You can't, no matter how much control you like, no, how, no matter how much of a control freak you are. But I want you to listen to this. So it says, going to the next one. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. Who did? God. The, the law could not do. He sent his own son in a, in a body like the bodies we have, bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared, who declared? God declared an end to sin's control. So God's declared an end. Why are you letting this sin in your life control you still? And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Here's what I want you to know about this. Jesus' sacrifice freed us from the sin and the guilt and the penalty of sin. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The Holy Spirit's control gives us the power to live differently. The Holy Spirit's control, if we lose our control and gain the Spirit's control, He gives us the power to live differently. Well, Derek, I couldn't help it. 
They're like, I can't, I can't control it. I mean, I mean, you should have seen it. Like I couldn't, like I had to do it. I, I just, just something came over me. I had to do it, and I, I, but, and I just can't stop doing it. And you're right. You're right. You can't stop doing what you're doing. And in regards to sin being in control of your life, you can't. That's why we have this promised Holy Spirit, this indwelling power within us. If we would just tap into that source instead of trying to control it ourselves so we could get out of it, it won't be easy, not at all, but we can get out of it. In Romans 8, 5, it goes on to say, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Anybody want some peace up in here? Because if we have the Spirit, and the only way you can have the Spirit is if you belong to Jesus, here's what this tells us, is that the Holy Spirit changes our thinking. That's why other, other passages, it's written that you have to, it says by the renewing of your mind is what changes the heart. Have you ever noticed when you think positive, you're in a better mood? And as soon as you think negatively, it's just like your whole day is just ruined? Because we have to change our thinking, and the Holy Spirit gives us the power to change what, we're, what we think, how we view our actions, how we view the world. Like we'll think differently about when we step out of the house and what we engage in that day. Because here's the question: You want to know how you are filled with you know, to know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? In this regard, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it says this: Your thoughts will be pleasing to God. Your thoughts will be pleasing to God. If you want to know. If the Holy Spirit is in you, then you're, you're, or is, your, is your thoughts pleasing to God? That doesn't mean you're not ever going to screw that up. You know, especially on days when you just, for lack of better terms, you get pissed off. But is that where you stay? Is that where you stay? Is your thoughts pleasing to God? That's how you know that the Spirit's in you. It's why 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So when, we, when those thoughts do come in our mind, how are we processing those? Are we trying to take control of those thoughts or are we allowing the Holy Spirit to do it? We've got to take captive every thought. So, how do you know if you're not, if, you, if the Holy Spirit, if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit? Here's what you need to know. Your thoughts will be destructive. If you're not being led by the Holy Spirit, your thoughts will be destructive to your heart and your soul and those people that are around you. It destroys life. It destroys life. Starting in verse Romans 8, starting in verse 7. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law. And it never 
will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Have you ever felt like you could never please God? Like something was never good enough? Well, maybe it's because you're not being controlled by the Spirit. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature anymore. You're not. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you had the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. That's something we can celebrate. He lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. The Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. That's something we can celebrate this morning. Something we can celebrate. Because there's this war between us and our nature. And a war we will lose if we're not controlled by the Holy Spirit. But the great news is that we as believers have a power source. One that will never leave us. And the question is, are you tapping into that? Are you tapping into the Holy Spirit? As believers, as we, believers, we are children of God. And as children of God, those chains are broken in our lives. The chains of sin. But for many of us, we just put those chains right back on. Don't we? I thought about getting, calling Justin this morning and saying, bring a chain. But I didn't. But we, we, we put those chains, even though we've been set free, we are making choices that cause us to want to put chains back on our arms. To be led by that. And today I want to proclaim that the Holy, in the Holy, Holy Spirit power is you've got to take those chains off. Because Jesus has already unlocked them. He's already unlocked them. You've got to take them off. Because I'm tired of living half the life God has for me. I'm tired of seeing brothers and sisters leaving half their life because, living half their life because we are not allowing the Spirit to free us and lead us. We are called to freedom through the control of the Holy Spirit. It's, and it's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that lives in us. So the obligation that we feel to put those chains back on is self-imposed. Because God, Jesus is saying, I've already set that free. You've got to let it go. That's why Romans 8, 8, 12, it says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You have no obligation to that. Because it's already been defeated in you. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Because when we're living in sin, we feel death. You may be enjoyable for the first few moments, but eventually there's a hole that forms and it starts to decay who you are as a person, decaying the person that God's made you to be. 
who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Because when we're living in sin, we feel like slaves. We feel like we're bound by these things and we're fearful. Looking around every corner, I hope I don't get caught. But instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are children, we are God's children. Here's the great thing I want you to take notes on this, is that because of this, we have a Abba Father. You're like, Derek, what does that even mean? Well, you can translate it, Daddy. You can translate it, Daddy. And there's only two people in this world that can call me Daddy. And that's my two kids. And the reason they can call me Daddy is because we have an intimate relationship. We have a closeness that some other kid, kids that I'm around don't have. And it's just this picture of our relationship with God as our, our daddy. He has adopted us, drew us in close, and I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Maybe you've been living by the control of your sinful nature or your flesh, and even if you are, here's your daddy saying, it's okay, come home. You don't have to be controlled by that anymore. See, a lot of times when we like we hear the story of the prodigal son, we talk about the prodigal son, but what about the what about his daddy who ran from the front porch to meet him when he saw him coming back home? That's the kind of father you have in heaven. He says, no matter how much you screw up and no matter how much you let your sinful nature control you, I'm always going to run to you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to give you hope. You may screw up from the floor up, but I'm still going to be there for you. But we've got to learn how to live by the Holy Spirit, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit instead of being controlled by our own sinful natures. Your daddy is telling you, give control to the Holy Spirit. Live by his power, his control. I already forgive you. Just live by his control. So here's the question this morning. I've been trying to keep this short because I didn't want to keep all these kiddos in here too crazy. Okay? Here's the deal. Are you being controlled by the Spirit? And if not, and I say this lovingly, and I say this, I say this not as as a condemnation, not as anything, because I feel like it would be less love for me not to be honest with you. Okay? But if you're not being controlled and led by the Spirit, or at least there's no pursuit of being controlled by the Spirit, then maybe we should check our relationship with Jesus. That's the most loving thing I could tell you. Because I don't want you to live the rest of your life thinking that you're okay, that you're fine, and when you when you get to where you're going, you realize maybe I wasn't. So I'm I'm asking all of y'all to do some soul searching. Because if you're not living by the Spirit, then you get to put into question. I'm not saying you're not going to screw up, because I screw up all the time. But 
the question becomes, are you really following Jesus if you're not being controlled by the Spirit? So you got to check your heart. Okay? And I know that's hard to hear. But if I, if I can cause you to question things, if I can cause you to make it harder to look, then that's better for your, for, on, your, on your behalf. Because I want you to know, and I mean know the Father. I didn't start Shift Church just because I wanted to. I didn't start Shift Church just to be whatever. No, I started this church because I want people to have an authentic relationship with Jesus. I want, the, I want people to know him and experience him for who he is. And he is a good, good father. He's a good, good daddy. He says, I forgive you, but you've got to step out and come back home. So are you being controlled by the Spirit this morning? Are you being led by the Spirit? Or are you being controlled by yourself and your own sinful nature? And if that's the case, then please, please, I want to spend eternity with each of you. I do. No matter how many times y'all get on my nerves sometimes. I want to spend eternity with you because you're my family. You're my friends. My buddies. I want to know. I want you to know for sure that that day, because there will be a day when we stand at those gates. We get to see all those people who have gone before us grandparents our parents we get to stand there and as we walk through the gates not only do we get to be in the presence of them once again but we get to be in the presence of a God who's willing to lay down everything to free you from sin but also send another to keep you motivated and have a power source to keep you pure so if you don't have that, please check yourself. Because I want your mansion right next to mine, mainly because I can borrow some butter. But please check your heart. Check your heart. The God, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to come here and worship with us, worship, for us to worship you this morning, God. God, I just pray that all of us in here, as we, as we celebrate this advocate that comes, give us power to live differently to think differently to be controlled by give, be given freedom to finally live and not be slaves anymore God so God as, as we leave here God I'll just pray that, that our souls are wrapped up in you that our souls crave you and if that craving's not there to do better to live better to desire you God that maybe we we check ourselves and maybe for today for the first time someone steps out and says I am a believer in Jesus Christ because we want to be controlled by this we want to be controlled by your spirit we want to believe you for the impossible but for the impossible to have happen we have to have your spirit in us so God bring the spirit in us bring that wildfire from heaven down to us God I pray all this in your name.